You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. A new chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Next thing you know, you have, hey, so I just got stung by a wasp. Well, (laughs) murder hornets. (laughs) Something good for ya. Everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. I am one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and sitting across from me is the one and only Captain Nunn. What's up, y'all? And with us again this week, we couldn't have him gone too long. <laughs> Tiki's back! <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. No beers this time. <laughs> no, no beers this no, time. No, no, no. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, a, it's an afternoon it's a, recording session. It's a little early for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that was a fun episode. A little two-parter that we did. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we get, went uh, and got dinner uh, earlier this week, and uh, it's about like three beers into it. We're just like, all right, well, let's do a let's do a podcast next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, one of the other things we've got going on here, uh, the day we're recording this, SpaceX is returning to Earth, the capsule. Uh, Tiki, yeah. you were watching that. We pulled you away from that. I said that. to both right. of y'all, yeah. like, really latched onto this. I'm sitting there going, like, oh, I haven't kept up with this kind of thing in years. <laughs> well, I remember uh, watching the mar- the launch in May. Mm-hmm. I think it was May 13th. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't get over just how much they had styled everything, like, yeah. inside the capsule and all that. So, No, it, it's pretty – and, and – <laughs> People give it a little bit of shit because it's an Elon Musk thing, SpaceX. Right. But I mean, you you've been following this a little bit. Uh, you said you're watching kind of a pre video. Yeah, um, before they started airing the return, they just had like a brief history of SpaceX come mm. on, and I was I'm I'll be honest, I'm really impressed with some of the things they they added in, right. like a like uh, what? an abort feature mm-hmm. that it'll actually jettison the capsule away from the rocket if anything goes wrong oh wow i mean it pushes it like a mile away like as it's taking off like during a launch yeah it'll it'll launch it as much as a mile away and then it will start its descent yeah. oh wow so let's go ahead and pull the microphone a little closer to oh, you oh okay get, i thought you were turning you me bit. down no i'll, I'll turn you up <laughs> oh okay okay no nah, just because the closer you are the more you get those nice docile radio tones okay <laughs> Yeah, I've only been That's so- all we heard from the listeners. Like Tiki's voice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got some positive feedback from it. <laughs> no, it's always good to have you back. We've got it all, but we've got SpaceX on TV, but they're not really doing much right now. No, it seems to just be. Uh, we just see control uh, the control room. I wonder if they're in the uh, blackout period. Yeah, possibly. I mean, they were saying it was the. Um, they the were like ionic, less than 200 miles yeah. from Earth or something like that. Yeah, they're well, like, you, you know, it is a long way. <laughs> it makes sense that it would take some time. Yeah, I'm curious as to uh, how long that actually takes to get your descent back into the atmosphere and actually land. Said uh, the Crew Dragon is expected to parachute a splashdown landing in the Gulf of Mexico at 2.48 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, cool. I guess we're... So we're about maybe five minutes out from that. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so what's been new with you, man? Because I know uh, with all the shut down stuff everything uh oh actually communications blackout yep 
Oh, oh okay. wow! As expected, okay. Mission Control has lost communication. So yeah, it, it's when they go th- uh, when they re-enter the atmosphere. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yep. So that's Cause, what it causes it is. an ion discharge, and it just screws up all the communication. Yeah. So we'll probably have visuals here in the next little bit. But uh, oh yeah, Tiki was uh, like the other day when we were getting dinner. Tiki was pitching uh, all, just about the entire uh, conversation about uh, Post Malone playing the Nirvana set on uh, YouTube. Well, yeah. the reason I was pitching that to Cap is we, we started having conversations about um, just different music and things like that. And I was yeah. like, you know, I don't have to be a big fan of the song to appreciate good musicianship, good, yeah. good stuff like that. And I was telling Cap, I said, you know, I said, whether you like them or not, and whether you like those songs or not, it was nice to hear somebody do a good cover. Yeah, because they <laughs> you know? They have good songs, but there have been some bad covers of them and, and over I, the years. I know there's there's just probably just as many people who enjoy Nirvana as hate them. But I know. yeah, and uh, but I was sitting there watching this uh, video, and uh, as a casual Nirvana listener, mm-hmm. whatever, I enjoyed it. And I'm, but I'm also sitting there going, it must be nice to have Post Malone money and just have call up whoever to be like, hey, I yeah, just want to play some yeah. songs by that. my favorite band. Uh, call Travis Barker to play drums yeah. and a couple other guys, which I guess are his buddies that are in bands that uh, know these Nirvana songs really well. I think the other guys might play with him when he has a live band somewhere. Okay. Oh, okay. So. Got it. Yeah, I was going to say Travis Barker on drums. Who else? I don't know their I'll names. I'll be honest, but, I don't recall the, the oh, other okay. guys' names. But, but, was, but I'm thinking, uh, how cool is that where, like, hey, I'm just going to play some of my favorite Nirvana songs with some of my best friends who are Nirvana fans. And, and they were raising money for the exactly. World Health Organization. Right. So, But if uh, any of y'all were a Post Malone and wanted to do, like, a dream set with, like, your famous buddies or something like that, <laughs> what would it be? Oh, I don't know. Ooh, that is a good I, one. I, I, I I and don't your know. Famous, I, but your famous buddies could be anybody. Yeah, your your hypothetical famous buddies here. Yeah. Hmm. That that's well. Well, since you uh, posed the question, who would you go with? Probably do a Motorhead set where I play bass and uh, have. Uh, I can make a list of guitar players and a list of drummers and just treat it as a three piece. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I I have to agree with that. I, <laughs> either, I'm, a, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge or, Motorhead fan, so yeah. Either Motorhead on bass or like ZZ Top on guitar. Mm. Mm. I see where you're going with that, yeah. I like yeah, that. like good power trio type stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just kind of build a dream set off of that. Well, if we're going a power trio, then yeah. I, honestly, I'd like to do a Ramones thing with someone. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah. like because because uh, that was basically a live stream thing. Post Malone was in his own spot. Travis was in his own, and they were kind of video audio streaming it to each other and play. And so yeah, just having that kind of availability just to be like, hey, motherfuckers, let's do this. I, I actually do think they were all in the same house, mm-hmm. just separated in rooms. Yeah, yeah, that that would make sense. Because I heard there was a little. I'm sure they had a click, but there was like it felt like uh, the drummer was behind a little ways. It could have. I mean, that could that could be simply an audio delay. Yeah. For what they were using too. You know? Oh, we got visuals on. Uh, yeah, we got parachute. Everything's good. It seems like. Yeah. Good for them. Well, let's see. So, well, this SpaceX is a, has had a number of successful launches and landings at this point. Yeah, now. they they've had a. Uh, on that on that preview show I was watching, it showed all the failures they mm-hmm. had as well. Right, and uh, yeah, it. But I'll tell you what: if this if this happens, it it would be good to have the U.S. space program back up and running. 
and have people actually like uh, keep up with it like they used to. Yeah, right now, you know, we're just hitchhiking with Russia up there. And uh, yeah, how many uh, launches has uh, SpaceX? This is the uh, first manned mission. Oh, okay. That's I've, that's why the return is kind of a big deal. On yeah, it. I've only been a uh, been a peripheral observer over the last several years, really. Yeah, and again, I I wound up losing interest because I remember you know the space um, program shutting down, and, it, yeah. and I remember that kind of being like NASA was supposed to shut down, but NASA is still around. It is, it is, yeah. but uh, some of the defunding and things like that. I think what what came about was they just it became cost prohibitive to keep everything in house, right? You know, so this way they could. You know, just basically go to the highest bidder. Well, SpaceX, you know, de- started developing technology, and mm-hmm. then NASA was able to say, "Okay, we'll we'll hire you mm-hmm. to do this for us." Right. You know, and it was good. I was watching some of the 3D printing technology with it, and that was pretty spectacular. Oh man, I would love to get a 3D printer. Oh it's man, like, because the consumer ones are getting pretty damn good. And the one they were using, they were actually printing in, uh, engines. Yeah out of them mm-hmm. and it was it was metal it like lay down a bit of dust and then i'm not sure what it was i'm assuming a laser would hit it in yeah. the pattern they needed solidify that and then another layer of dust oh wow you know yeah and, but it all happens like by machine and just in a full system where it's just like just like yeah. that like it's an assembly yeah yeah i mean it it's a long process but they said you know it was just the best way to do it yeah as opposed to doing castings and all that type of jazz so right now and the more that people mess around with that sort of technology the more that well the faster it's going to get mm-hmm. to where all of a sudden they're like okay well you know we need this engine done and they're like all right cool in two days it'll be done right you know right and especially if it's a single type engine and then in a few years from then they can figure out a way to mass produce that and then all of a sudden manufacturing costs go mm-hmm. down on this like, i know they're the big push with spacex was to make uh reusable rockets huh that and, would be interesting and what it is is you know on like with this shuttle they they were called engines but they were essentially just fuel tanks and rockets on the side right they fell to the wayside yeah. and they might be able to recover them and that was the era that i kept up with more than anything when i was yeah. growing up they said that basically it was the they were trying to make it more like airplane technology they said you don't build a plane and fly, fly from la to new york and then throw the plane away right you know yeah they exactly. needed something they could turn around and each time they're doing it they're finding less and less refurbishment they have to do mm-hmm. so they re- keep huh. refining it that's and, awesome uh, the fact that the rockets will come down and land on their own yeah is pretty cool technology yeah yep and that one just landed in water so touchdown and all is good yeah, because you know if they can keep that going, we don't. It doesn't have to be like a once a year space mission. Yeah, because if they can tank it down, they're like, all right, we can turn around in a week. Mm-hmm. We can go back up. You know, all of a sudden, not everyone that keeps bitching and going, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, theoretically, in another eighty years or so, <laughs> you could get your happy ass off this planet. Yeah. <laughs> it was still how much of a distance. Uh, time wise, would it be to get to Mars still at this point with uh, for us oh, or, or them? Uh, for SpaceX right now, what are they projecting? Because I'm sure they're talking about it, right? God, it's it's a long yeah. Long it would still time. have to be like you know decades. It, it's almost. I, I'm probably wrong on this, but I'm guessing it's around a somewhere between ten to twenty years. That sounds about with right. With the technology we have, that that's how long it would take to get there. 
Wow. Okay. Like if they launched today, it would still take them about that long. Oh to still yeah. Reach it. Yeah. So you know, for them to do that, it have they'd have to have a uh, the a, sh- a vessel or ship of some sort mm-hmm. that would allow them to be able to actually live inside of it. Right. It's like right now to get to the space station. I think they said it was like a sixteen hour ride. Oh wow. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because we can keep breaking the sound barrier, but you, we got to remember, you know. Things in uh, outer space are done in light years. Yeah. So if you could travel at the speed of light, that's how many years it would take you to get there. Right. And we can't do that. We're not there yet. No. (laughs) (laughs) We ain't there yet. I don't know, man, but but other than that, they're finding UFOs and things like that that they're blatantly telling everybody about, but everybody's just like, nah. I heard about that. I actually wonder if uh, I heard heard a good perspective of it. They're saying that it's... uh, Is it possibly... This is the first time that they've got enough data to release something, or did they just say, "Okay, let's go ahead and release this to kind of steer the conversation away from other stuff that's going on?" I don't know because uh, the oh, I'll have to pause you real quick. Fill me in. I, I missed this part because I've I've recently kind of gotten rid of Facebook, and I'm still finding other ways to kind of supplement finding my news and everything. I haven't right. found the news outlets that I personally like, so I'm still trying to sift and find ways of getting new news. Without. Like all, all my all my information is still third hand. Yeah, yeah that's about I, like I haven't where this been able to too. actually read it, but. My understanding was what was it? A Department of Defense, something like Let, yeah. Uh, that they, it, was a, it was a big branch in, within um, you know military. Yeah, right, they, they released documents that basically said, "Hey, we've we've seen this, we've documented it. It wasn't made here. We don't hmm. know what it is. Exactly. They're not saying it's alien or anything. No. They're yeah. just saying it's unidentified. Yeah, which exactly. is technically the definition of a UFO, an yeah. unidentified flying object. Exactly. Yep. So nobody knows anything yet, but it's out this? there. This was recently within the past year, and and other reports have mm-hmm. been kind of like been in the ether here and there. Oh, like okay. Then I think I do remember last seeing it. I think too, this was yeah. like within the last week or so y'all were talking about it. No, no, no. Oh, no. Okay. Um, they did that, but, you know, it just like now, it got like a an evening's worth of coverage yep but it feels and like then, everybody that's but everybody that's in the ufo community is still like super jazzed on it and won't shut <laughs> the hell up us. about it they told us like, it's like the joe rogan's of the world oh yeah <laughs> well you know it's one of those things it's uh, they basically just said we don't know what it is yeah period and now they have uh it's not like they've confirmed yes you know here's e-hop he came to our country <laughs> you know to, to spread peace and joy and i'll be honest i'm not sure that if they ever did come, the hell is that? <laughs> Stuff like from the that came out. Yeah. <laughs> um, that if they did come here, why would they necessarily be nice? Yeah. Or even want to do anything, uh, just kind of looking around going like, all right, well, this is a thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, I they think. might be coming back here for the nostalgia, man. <laughs> <laughs> The nostalgia. Look at them. Aren't they cute? Man, remember, primitive. Remember we had dino, we had giant, you know, predatory reptiles. That was so badass. Yeah. <laughs> look at these people still using cars. Yep. <laughs> oh, honey, look. Remember cars? I, 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 pers- you know that- I personally would find it slightly amusing if you find out this was ju- we were just a science experiment. Oh God! You want to make that this episode? The no, podcast? no, 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 do no, no. Bunch of I don't, conspiracy I don't shit. want to do that. <laughs> we, we could talk about how the Anunnaki bred with white women, and this is where we are. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god, Cap, Cap, will, Cap will take you down the rabbit hole, man. That's a rabbit hole I don't want to go down. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a very obnoxious. I'm probably rabbit hole. <laughs> I'll give less than ten percent of any conspiracy theory. That's a second a, thought, but then I don't go much further than that into just, it, you know. But that's just one of those where it's like it's fun to an extent. It can be fun, but then it gets when you find out how many people actually believe it. That's when you're like, I yeah, no. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. You know, we could go along just proselytizing about things all all day, but then you know you don't want followers for that. No, you know, <laughs> and that's what a lot of these people do that uh, go around and talk about it. Mm. So let's start one today. So SpaceX has landed. Did they bring back anything they shouldn't have? Uh, oh, well, no. we, we won't know till they get them on the boat. <laughs> they got the cure for the coronavirus with them. That's, That's right. What it is. That's right. I, I think we that, now have space Rona. <laughs> <laughs> I think they brought the venom suit back. <laughs> That's it. That was actually J. Jonah Jameson's son in that rocket. <laughs> they brought back the Vimbi- uh, Venom symbiote suit. This the actually shit's is, about to go down. This a- actually, am I wrong on this that... Um, I don't know that I remembered uh, seeing a Spider-Man comic one time and it was Spider-Man wearing a black suit. Yes. It made no mention of Venom Mm -hmm. in it. I mean, he was still your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man just with a new outfit. Yeah. And I always thought they kind of came up with Venom because people were like, that's not my Spider-Man. He needs to be blue and red. (laughs) You know, and they're like, oh, we got to change this. Uh, uh, Okay, that was an alien. You know? <laughs> uh, yes, but no. So the actual story behind that was the uh, creators uh, were wanting to give Spider-Man a new look. Right. And um, they were starting up that big story arc, Secret Wars. And during Secret okay. Wars, they were going to be going to space. And that was kind of like the Infinity War movie type thing, but just set it all in space. But it was yeah. still like Thanos and a whole bunch of other baddies all fighting against a whole bunch of goods. And during that time, they sent out a thing to the fans and like the Stanley's notes or mm-hmm. whatever in the back said, uh, submit your own costume idea for a chance, you know, for him to wear the suit or whatever. Oh, okay. And a fan submitted it and it was the same suit that folks know today, but instead of a white spider, it was a red spider. Oh, okay. So they've changed it and they're like, hey, you know, let's make this a white spider. So it's just stark black and white against the page, you know, paid them a super cheap fee. Mm -hmm. But from that moment, it was known from then it was an alien that attached itself to Spider-Man. Okay. That makes sense. They had a storyline and then just to get the community involved, they said, hey, help us design a suit. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then so they just kind of let that ride for a good handful of years without him having any sort of big personality change. And then they started slowly seeping in like he was getting headaches if he wore the suit or oh, okay. he, he started getting a, he would act more agitated if he had it on or, you know, started doing stuff that he typically wouldn't. And right. then eventually he found out it was something taken over his body. And then that's kind of like where the movies mimic it, where he gets rid of it via sound. It goes on Eddie Brock because they've built that up for a good handful of seasons. See, I think it, I think it actually would have been more amusing if, if it, they just found out it was just too tight. <laughs> he's like he's like it's hot this thing's tight I, it's giving me headaches <laughs> but what was fun about it is in the comics they kind of left it up to the imagination because the uh the symbiote went away 
and you didn't see where it went. Oh, okay. And then it was gone for a few months, and then all of a sudden, Spider-Man gets pushed in front of a train, and his spider senses didn't go off. Uh. And and you just see a claw hand push him. That's all you see. And there he's just like, what the fuck was that? Why didn't my spider sense go off? And then next episode, they debut Venom and give the Eddie Brock backstory. And it's like, oh, fuck, that's Eddie Brock that we've seen a handful of times throughout the years that didn't matter worth a shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, once they started splitting off into too many versions, oh, what I consider to be too many versions of the same character. Yeah. You know. Part of, but part of that's just the studio hanging on to one of their big properties. Yeah. Well, so I know where Cap's coming from on that. He's looking at it from the movie aspect. All right. The movie's... All they're doing is copying the comics. Yeah. So that has nothing to do with studios. Uh, that has to do with Marvel's comic writers and the people that get in. Because comic book writing is very different from like movie making or album making. With comic books, you have basically one guy. Imagine kind of like Kevin Feige. Okay? Right. You have a Kevin Feige that looks over, okay, here are all my different story arcs. And then he hires different writers for all that, but then you've also got different inkers and pencilers, and every one of those people have a say in that story. Gotcha. Because they can change something, they can make an emotion a certain way. If they don't do it the way it really needs to be done, they really have control over that book. It's not just the writer. And then the editor is like your movie maker. Everyone creates all that stuff, but the editor is the guy that goes, well, this is what's getting printed. Right. So between all of that stuff, the comic book process is so different. So with all of that, a writer will stay on board for maybe two or three years and then drop off. And that new writer comes on, looks at what was done, and either goes, okay, cool, I like the storyline, I'm going to keep it going, or goes, no, you've really fucked this up. I want to find a way to totally flip this on its head. I know, I'll kill the character. (laughs) And they kill off the character, and then they bring someone else in to replace the shoes. They've done it with Captain America, Iron Man, now they're doing it a shit ton with Spider-Man. Okay. And and because it's happening a lot right now with Spider-Man is why Sony is making movies out of it. Right, okay. But there were a million Captain Americas uh, after Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers died in the comic books. Yeah. And then... There were many other Thors. Uh, there was a few Iron Men that take over because Rhodey took over as Iron Man for a good period. He dropped okay. uh, Iron Patriot and became Iron Man. Right. And hell, fucking Punisher was Captain America for a comic arc for a while. <laughs> See, so it's like it that gets... just happens a lot. And if those stories were happening with a popular character, like Robin, that's uh, Dick Grayson, then it's uh, you know all the other names that I can't remember at the top of my head. <laughs> They've done it with Batman a couple of times with Batman Beyond. Exactly, and Batman Beyond, well, that was an interesting case because Batman has had a lot of his lore come from the animated stuff. That's true. Yeah, because the Dark Knight series kind of inspired the animated stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, uh, the Dark Knight, um, yeah, Dark Knight Returns was kind of like the return to form with Batman for the comics in like the 80s, and that inspired the 90s uh, TV series, which births Harley Quinn. Yeah, she right, wasn't in the comic right. book. She was birthed out exactly. of that series. And now she's her own institution as a character. Yeah. And then I think the same thing happened with Batman Beyond. I don't think that was any sort of comic book idea. I think that was, so was strictly a cartoon. A cartoon. Okay. And but, then eventually the comics adapted it. 
I, didn't do I it, might be wrong on that, but I think that was just a straight Warner Brothers cartoon idea. They, so I, I didn't watch. I didn't read really any of the books except for like, um, you know, um, Killing Joke and things like that. Later, yeah. the really fucked up ones as I got older. <laughs> right. Well, because those things were basically just borderline graphic novels. I yeah. Mean, the, yeah. The exactly. stories were well written. Well, but, you know, and my my comic book history, it's it's got huge gaps in it. Mine too. Because I was never able to just like always get the new new version of the series. I was like the amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. That's the one I started latching onto, but then it would be Web Spider-Man, it, the it, spectacular it, Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man goes to Paris. It just started getting ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm like, these don't make any sense. Hence to all me. the uh, reference, all the little uh, other characters in the Spider Verse mo- movies. If, uh, if y'all have seen that, well, and so yeah, so even with that, uh, I'll kind of I'll pull uh, Spider Verse and kind of explain how that kind of came to be. Because my Spider Man knowledge is just movie based. Yeah, uh, got you. So no, th- to actually, I can wrap both of y'all's statements in together because they kind of do work uh, side by side. So with what TQ was saying, so you had like the Amazing Spider-Man series. That was considered the main series. That's where all the main continuity would come from, this, that, and the other. But then you had what were called like the satellite series. And then like there was Peter Parker Spider-Man, which mainly focused on Aunt May, Mary Jane, Peter Parker, the main family aspects of things with a little bit of villainy here and there. But it would be like the lizard or, you know, the chameleon or some (laughs) B-rank guy. Right. Uh, Web of Spider-Man would be a little bit more of, you know, longer story arcs, you know, and things like that. They would kind of separate it off and each one would kind of have its own base continuity, but like still work off the main if that made any sense kind of like what uh, marvel does with this movie is we'll have like the big blockbusters and then mm-hmm. you got the tv shows and then you got yeah. the yes, uh, stuff but imagine you have on it netflix was, and shit like that or disney plus or whatever but imagine it was all for the same character right right that that's how the comics industry on that worked gotcha. so so when you're talking about the uh spider verse stuff within the last few years they've done branching timeline things. So we've had the main Spider-Man series, but then Miles Morales lives in his own universe and has his own series. But then there's a kid's comic book series called Spider-Ham. You right, know, and yeah. he lives in its own continuity. Yeah, and its Peter own Porker. Series. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and Spider-Noir, uh, the uh, Nick Cage voiced one in right. the movie, he has his own continuity, his own universe, all of that stuff. And basically the spider-man writers have been looking at dc lately and been going huh we can do dc multiverse shit with a single character let's mesh all of these weird universes together that's right and did a weird comic line of it that lasted like maybe five issues <laughs> really yeah and then they are now making an entire movie franchise out of it <laughs> isn't that wild though something that just fails miserably works <laughs> that's, that's i actually weird. have the uh a couple of the uh, first uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ones. Really? Back when it was, what was it, Eastman and Leonard? Yeah. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. The old black and white ones? It was black yeah. and white. And Man, uh, do you still have issue one? I don't know. Because, man, if you have a legit first print issue one, that is worth some money. Like, out of all the little comic books that came out, you know, throughout those years, that's the one that actually, like, created a shit ton of value. I picked that one up in uh, middle school because, you know, it had had actual violence. You know, everything wasn't okay at the end of the day. Yep. There was no cowabunga and pizza and all that shit in it. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, 
<laughs> they were legit ninjas. It, it was it, <laughs> it was a ninja parody on Daredevil. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know it, that. It was a it it was more of a dark comic. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so. I think the uh, what what when the um, the unofficial quote unquote canon that um, whatever the stuff that happened to Daredevil seeped into the sewers and latched oh. onto the turtles or something like that. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that far. But I I think at the end of like the first book, I thought I thought they killed Shredder. Hell, damn. <laughs> yeah, it, it, they basically wrote this as like a one-off. And yeah. then somebody said, hey, let's make one. And they're like, oh. So we can sell toys off of this. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, uh, actually, that's that's kind of an interesting thing. Because the turtles I knew were the Cowabunga, Pizza yeah. Love, and yeah. you know, yeah. bright cartoon oh, yeah, kind of characters. Yeah. You saw that transition. How did you feel from that? Especially, apparently, at least having an interest in the right. black and white series. Uh, I just... I was somewhat indifferent to it. Yeah. That's the only way I can explain it. It was a, an indifference. Something you had that just kind of like took off after you uh, got into it. Yeah. You know, I, of course, it was a couple, it was a few years after I had the, those comics I was about that, that it hit the, yeah. it hit the, the cartoon era. Yeah. And I, just how it is when you're going through school, I'd pretty much lost interest by then. So Gotcha. I didn't know if that was one of those things where it's like you weren't a comic fan, but you saw that and was like, oh, I'll, I'll kind of keep up with this. No, 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 I didn't. That's how, I didn't. Yeah. That's how it was with like various versions of Transformers when oh, I was growing yeah. up because they had like the uh, regular Transformers and then there was the, uh, the not, there wasn't GoBots, but it was another version of Transformers. Then there was like the Beast Wars and then the right. Beast Machines oh, where like God. they're all animal yeah, versions. I remember those things. <laughs> you know, the one thing I didn't like about, I, I, I loved the, the toys, the Transformer toys. Yeah. You know, like the Dinobots and all that kind of stuff where they were just pushing out toys. Mm-hmm. The uh, Dinobots, that's what it car- was. Cartoons were okay. Yeah. You know, they weren't bad. I'd watch them after school because there was nothing else on. Exactly. But um, they're like, hey, but this kids but love the movies. Toys. The movies. I actually have to say, I hate the movies. Everybody hates the movies. Oh, the uh, live action or the cartoon one? The live action. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I think they made a few cartoon movies they back did. in the day. Yeah, they did a couple of 80s cartoon movies. And I think they're p- pushing more cartoons because of the movies. Yeah. What, yeah. What, who was the leader My- of the Decepticons? What was that guy's name? Was it Megatron? Megatron. Yeah. yeah. What is he supposed to be in the movies? I don't know, but that, those, he's kind of there. Those the Michael toy, Bay live the, action ones the, were horrible. The toy, he was a pistol. Yeah, and that's huh. the thing that, and it, she sure as hell wasn't a fucking gun in the movie. No, <laughs> and and uh, okay, we know how big a semi is. Yeah. yeah. How the hell did he get 200 feet tall? <laughs> because different parts were getting magnetized to a man. Oh, man. <laughs> I was watching something. Uh, there's this uh, channel on YouTube that reviews bad movies. That's kind of fun to watch for mm-hmm. me. Uh, what is it? Uh, Mr. Sundays? Or they're called yeah, something Mr. Else. Sunday movies. Uh, yeah, Caravan of Garbage. Yeah. Where they uh, did a whole thing on the Transformers movies in the last few weeks. And they talked about how, like, in the movies, uh, Optimus Prime uh, was made to be a semi, even though he wasn't in the comics or the stories or whatever. But because they wanted him to look so menacing as a fucking semi, and they're getting all the uh, well, he, money the from toy, General Motors. The, the toy was a semi. <laughs> was it a semi? Okay. Yeah. But I guess uh, the actual robot had to be, like, intimidating for, like... Uh, you know, a Michael Bay picture or whatever, just oh, to look threatening. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't. I did not understand. It. I remember seeing the first uh, Transformers Michael Bay movie in theaters. I did too. And being kind of 
confused, but at least like blown away by the action. If right, that makes right. sense, like I was young enough I, to I be like, I didn't see any of them in the theater. Yeah, so. being young enough watching it in theater and just going like, wow, you know, like that young oh, teenage yeah. boy oh, thing yeah. of like, oh wow, a bunch of machines that and explosions. The, that was the movie to go see that summer when but, it came out. But I remember after watching it, kind of going. That didn't feel like I watched a Transformers movie. That just felt like I watched a really intense action movie with robots. Yeah, and and but you know what? The, I, that too, they were aiming it to. Yeah, was but, was the people that were in your age group, and to that's do just that. how that dude made movies all the time, anyway. But I, but if they were doing it for my age group, I still say they failed. Not a problem because I took away from it. I was like, oh, that was just a crazy robot movie. That right. wasn't a good Transformers. All thing. right. So I, that was kind because of, I didn't. I wasn't in love with Transformers. It was more or less uh, Eric, my stepfather. He was like, hey, you want to go see this movie? We watch movies all the time. And I was like, yes, it's a movie. Let's go watch it. Um, So it was more or less just, yeah, I wanted to go see a movie. And just after the fact, I did just not care for it. But I wasn't a big fan of the comics either, the uh, toys or any of that. But I I was probably because of just being aware of it when they came out. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. No, actually, that kind of leads into what I was going to bring up, which is last episode, we kind of talked a lot more uh, music yeah, and you know, yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. We've kind of led this off with geeky space oh, yeah. and comics <laughs> and all that conversation. <clears throat> Were you the kind of kid that really just honestly didn't care about comics or cartoons or stuff like that? Like you've just found more interest in sports or being outside? Uh, being outside, not necessarily sports. Yeah. You know, I was gonna say because I almost if you weren't kind of in that, I could almost see you being like the maybe a baseball or football kind of. No, kid. no, I never did it. I, actually, what happened was I had a um, when I got to junior high, I decided to play. I wanted to play on the junior high football team, and uh, it wasn't the games that got me. It was the the practices. Yeah, because it was back in the era where you know. Water was for winners. Yeah. That kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and I, I, you know, blacked out twice during practice and things Ooh, like that. Uh-uh. And, and they were just like, you okay? You done with your break? And I'm like, oh, God, these guys are asses. Yeah, you no, know? I couldn't deal with that. I don't, yeah, want, I don't want to do this. That's how, that's how it was when I was doing junior high football, too. Would, uh, you wouldn't sit down. You would take a knee. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you were sitting down, you run a couple of drills. Right. It was that kind of shit. Why? Just uh, that's just what football coaches do. If, if they're trying to build good teams, just yeah, one of those. It, I mean, it's, it's, but, but can you explain what what that does? It's like it, it, it feels but, like if you're pushing them to the point of exhaustion, like what you was yeah, having, oh, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. passing out. It feels like you're getting the opposite. You're pushing them too far, and it's going to take longer for them to rebuild. Like there, there's you you push them to a certain point. Oh yeah, but not to the point that both of y'all are fucking describing. It's like that feels like a little bit off. <laughs> well, I grew up in Tennessee, high school football country, where they take high school football oh, yeah. very seriously. So like the coaches would try to work these kids as hard as they would college coaches and stuff like that if they wanted to be good. No, oh, yeah. and if uh, sometimes like you know scrawny kids like me wouldn't. Uh, hold the wouldn't wouldn't stay around long we'd either get cut or we just quit or something like that and for some reason i didn't quit until i got into my uh, freshman year of high school Uh, fuck this shit man pretty much i I got my guitar i don't need your football i I traded football for a guitar pretty much (laughs) actually you know know what got it out got got me out of it um was uh the chance to uh play in the band really the um junior high band and i did it all the way through uh high school yeah, what'd you play? I, what'd you play in the band? Uh, saxophone, 
uh, for about, let's see, probably two or about three years. And then uh, French horn for three years after that. That's so cool, though. So you're meaning to tell me if we need a sax on the right? song? Yeah, I'm probably here, not the one up. to play unless you want, like, uh, eighth grade sax. <laughs> oh, all we need is just a quick little. <laughs> you, you can figure out your key somewhere. We can figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like uh, what are the kids that learn just on the just to say we put it on there. Oh yeah, <laughs> just learn, play the national anthem or some shit like that. <laughs> you'll, you'll start our record on whatever eighth grade song you remember, and then the record will start. <laughs> it did give me a good uh, appreciation for music and oh, music that, structure and things like that. You know. Mm-hmm. So. No, actually, uh, when I was in middle school, I played trumpet. Oh, cool! <laughs> nice. Did you wind up doing any of those? I took piano lessons. I didn't join a high school band, but I took piano lessons after school. Yeah. No, in middle school, we just had band. Yeah. <laughs> and that, yeah. That's, that's it was just, band. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, pick an instrument and your parents have to pay for it. <laughs> that's essentially what it was. Uh, and the reason I got trumpet was uh, my uh, stepfather, uh, well, my sister's biological father, rather. Um, his sister had a trumpet already because oh, she okay. did a trumpet in school. So I just got to pass me down trumpet. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm learning this. Because as soon as I found out there was snare, I was like, I want to do drums. Yeah. <laughs> and mom was like, no, I am not getting you a little drum set. I'm not getting you a snare. Because at that point, I was already into like music and right, all that. Right, She's right. like, I'm not having you smack on that snare to every song you play on the radio now until I go to sleep every day. <laughs> yeah, because there's no way you would have used the little drum pad they no. gave you to put on top of it. Well, see, she didn't. She was the kind of mother that. I love her to death, and we've laughed about this after the fact, so I can poke at her on it. She's one of those that would get mad at me when I was sick because I was coughing too much. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't quit that coughing, I'm going to give you a reason to start coughing more. (laughs) So, no, just that simple little... Oh, yeah. That would have been too much coming from my room. (laughs) She was like, -uh." nuh-uh. I am not. That that fell into the category of the toys that made the noise. Oh, yeah. Katie was not allowed to have the toys that made the noise. I was not allowed to have a drum kit until um, they cleared out this uh, extra space uh, next to the house. Right. And then eventually I got a drum kit and they put it out there because they soundproofed the room. Oh. They're like, you can go out there and play, yeah. but you are not playing that thing in your room. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend, of my, one of my really good friends growing up played drums and uh, his mama had a list of all like the songs that he knew how to play that she hated the most. <laughs> <laughs> I think number one was uh, Fat Bottom Girls from Queen uh, because it's just all riding a crash cymbal right. the whole damn song. <laughs> no, uh, I got drunk hit when I was, I think, 13 uh, because I'd already had a guitar at that point. And I was like, I think I want to do drums. And... I wish I had just kind of had drum knowledge on like different things before sitting down because the kit was nice. Everything was good. But the one thing that I found out later on that was really holding me back was my sticks were too heavy. They were too thick of a gauge. Oh, okay. And you can get lighter sticks or heavier sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were just way too heavy. You probably had like those marching band sticks. They're... It was honestly about the diameter of my thumb. I figured out what it was later, and it was like the third to the thickest traditional drumstick, right. where traditional drummers use like the second or third lightest. Right. And there was like another maybe five in between that one I had. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was, so I found that out later on, and I was just like, damn. <laughs> I wish I had known that. But no, I had actually traded that drum kit for my first like 
half stack amp. So oh, I was okay. like, okay, that was an even trade. I'm cool with that. Nice. But no, so um, <laughs> talking about uh, your friend's mom having like that list of songs, yeah. uh, songs that she just <laughs> hates. Hot <I> would, teacher. <laughs> I would try. I would go out there and play or try to play to some stuff and then run back inside and be like, guess what that one was, mom? <laughs> and she's like, I don't. I don't know. I can't hear the other song. I was like, Ugh, it's I Love It Loud by Kiss. <laughs> and I go running back out there, play something else. To be fair, that's a very recognizable drum kit. Yes. Or a drum the, beat. But at the same time, she is not fucking paying attention to this fucking <laughs> right. 13, 14 year old barely tapping away at this drum kit. Uh, my friend Scotty, he said he lived with a guy who had like a massive drum kit, and but he only played one thing on it. One well, thing. It, no, it was uh, Peter Chris's solo in like Kiss Alive oh. Two or something. Like that. <laughs> he said he said the guy would just go get hammered and then he'd go out and and, and, and just play that. <laughs> you know? You're just like, God damn it! <laughs> I was laughing so hard earlier because I'm picturing Alex on the drum kit doing uh. <laughs> Mom, can you hear it? Mom? <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> Do you love me now? <laughs> and then I just bust out like a random Ramos one. Which one was that? <laughs> you don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not paying attention. Mom, listen to me. <laughs> oh, I think, I'm and she's just sitting there in there with the fucking cigarette on the phone, like I'm gonna bust his fucking drumsticks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about it, going, I'm pretty sure I've done that with my mom, like either on a piano yeah. or a guitar. I was like, you re- you've heard this song a million times on the radio, mom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. What, what were they like, B fives or B eights? Those logs. Uh, yes. <laughs> Actually, it's, yeah, I think that's what they were. Yeah. <laughs> God, no. But no, I, I know I did that same suit with Mom, though, with the guitar. <laughs> Gosh, she humored me bad. I was watching Ace one time do like his big solo with the mm-hmm. smoke and everything. Yeah. And I picked up my guitar and just on the high E string, just ran my finger up and down. It went, I played like Ace. <laughs> <laughs> 11-year-old me with the guitar, I'm playing like Ace really? She's like, no, not quite. It's like, oh. <laughs> That's she's good, like, honey. Yeah, oh. she's like, kind of. That's kind of what he's doing. It's <laughs> quiet time now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's real bad was like my brother started doing the same shit. Then me and my brother would try to outdo each other. <laughs> <laughs> But he outdid me like on bass big time. <laughs> you mentioned drums. I actually, I, I, I had a real interest in, in learning how to play a kit. But yeah. I, I later found out that, um, I guess because I didn't start down that path, I never learned how to disassociate my limbs from each other. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I'm like, I can't do a different thing with this hand. Yeah. It either has to be hitting on the same beat or something like that. Uh, I have I, that problem with my feet. Yeah. As far as like... Uh, uh, find, keeping a steady cadence uh, without thinking about it, without my foot getting tired or like mm-hmm. overthinking like where that what need, that needs to do. I, th- my dad actually, he said that's really surprising because of playing at the time just playing guitar. And he goes, I, I you know, those hands are doing different things. I said, but they're doing them together. Yes, I was, I was going to say the one exact equals same one. Thing. One equals one. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's like even if you're doing uh, one hands with yeah. your left hand on the frets. Your strumming hand is still keeping just the straight ones, and every, right. everything eventually adds up mathematically. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, a yeah. certain r- rhythm and beat. With the drums, the kit can be doing like a boom, 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 bo
mm-hmm. and it works for the song. Oh, but yeah. you as a drummer have to remember, okay, it's a da 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 kind of thing and it's you it's a completely different fucking beast oh yeah 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 i i don't have that that ability no and i think that's like where cap was saying that's where i wound up falling apart playing drums as my kick if i didn't have to worry about the kick and it was just my two hands oh god yeah i could drum all day with the fucking best of them like I have done that to myself, like just to be curious. I've right. like locked my feet in place to list, like not even tempted. And I've just played and yeah. just kind of kept in my head what the kick beat would be. Right. And, and I can I can legit play without that one thing. Right. If, if, I, if I had a drum tech just to hit the kick for right. me, right. I could actually be a fucking drummer, but it's the kick that throws me off. You're so. like, can we mount this on the rack? You know? Yeah, let me play to a click, throw the kick in with the click, <laughs> and I'll play everything else, and I'll be your drummer. <laughs> That's one of those where if I spend enough time with it, I'll just nail the disco beat just because the... The foot's only going bump, 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 yeah. bump, 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 and that's it. <laughs> no, I can do the Ramones beat. The yeah. That's the only one that I can honestly do, and I can do a demo with that if I needed to. Like, if I was right. going to do my own personal demo at that speed, knock that out all day long. I, th- I think I think at the point I was when I tried it, I, I just said, you know, I don't, I don't have the time and the desire to commit to learn exactly it. Yeah. Like if i had the, the time I, 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 i'd probably get the hang of the basics yeah and i was just like you know i'm already seeing that i have this issue yeah you know the time it's going to take me to break that is it's not for what i'm doing it's not going to pay off for me so yeah no it if and when i ever get that um little chunk of fuck you money and get a yeah. decent house with a little basement i would like to eventually get a kid again and get like a little isolation room with some nice headphones and I, just that would be this one of those fun even just you've had a shit day mm-hmm. just go downstairs put on your favorite fucking speed punk record and just oh yeah i you know when i was setting up the uh the band room in my house uh i wasn't playing with anybody at the time but yeah. i said you know if i want it, if i want people to come over and play if i had a drum kit here That'd yeah. be a lot easier. Yeah, <clears throat> so even, I, even if it's just a cheap kit, you know. Oh yeah, my something buddy, to make some noise. My on. buddy Brian Wilson, uh, he'd had one in the uh, rat's nest for a while. It was going to be the house drums for the the burrow, but he mm-hmm. said that thing's taking so long to finish. Yeah. He goes, I'll I'll let him I'll let him, let you take them. So I I just bought them off of him and set them up. Were in the those basement. ones that were hanging uh, from the ceiling? No, uh, no, 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 no. Oh, they okay. they were stacked up on the okay. floor. It was like a sparkle gray Mapex oh, set. Oh, I remember which one that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I ended up I ended up grabbing those from him and he yeah. gave he gave me a good deal on it and I just put them in the basement and I still occasionally go behind them and just beat on them but that's you just realize yeah this isn't working. <laughs> so, I found, my daughter loves them though she loves to go beat on them and yeah honestly for me I found uh, if if you get some like gun headphones or like some noise canceling headphones yeah. and put those on I found that when I was playing them I had those near the very end that felt the most confident for me Mm. because I found that I was choking back because of how much of a loud noise it was making. Whereas like on guitar, you can practice that all day long at whatever volume you want. If you're not used to having that snare right underneath your face, Mm -hmm. that gets really loud after a while, even with the best kind of, you know, earplugs in. Oh, I I know uh, Marlowe's kits in the arc, band room now and mm-hmm. i've jumped behind it a couple of times and 
It's got a 26-inch bass drum. Ooh, There's damn. nothing you can do to play that soft. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... He calls it his Melvin's kit. <laughs> because Grave Rollers is the only band I will ever play this <laughs> So now, I found... So I found that to be true. If you've got any sort of, like, rifle ear protection headphones, mm-hmm. like those big noise-canceling ones, wear those because all of a sudden, that hard snare hit just feels like you're listening to music at a decent level. And I found that, for me helped me get used to actually hitting with a lot more force because I, it wasn't such a uh, audible shock to my system. Right, right, right. Yeah, I actually have a hard time with like earplugs and things like that just because uh, I can't wear them when I'm playing. Yeah. It it knocks out some frequency to me that apparently I lock into mm-hmm. to keep my time and place in the song. I don't like the foam. It depends on what you put, what uh, you use for ear protection. Uh, for ear protection, some stuff works better than others. I've actually got a set that I ordered. They're called earpiece. They're very similar to like the um, the heroes that they sell at Guitar Center. That it's got like oh, the little yeah, open yeah. tube in the middle, mm-hmm. and I use those when I go to shows. Right, and I'm like, I'll do that because you know the volume off of the stage is usually a lot higher. And you're yeah. also not having to pay attention and, and being I'm, in time. I'm just there to enjoy it. Exactly. But, but when I'm paying attention, it's like I can't stand anything getting in the way Nothing, of it. Nothing, huh? Nothing. No matter how loud it is. Uh, even we, with Marlo's kit. <laughs> even with Marlo's kit. I mean, last night, it was it was nice. We The volume, we got up just loud enough to, to clear the kit yeah. and just practice that way. And it worked worked really good. He's, I think he and DJ are the only people I've seen in town that play like the 26s. No. Oh, yeah. As far as like just big mega monster sounding kits. Well, m- most of the time, you know, he uses a standard kit. A standard kit for anything else he's playing. Was that like a 22? I think it's a 22. Okay. But uh, he, uh, yeah, this one is just, I mean, one of his floor times is 20 inches. So <laughs> that's, I told him, I said, you got a jazz bass drum over there. Right. <laughs> and, uh, we're playing punk rock. <laughs> yeah, and, and and he, I mean, he plays every everything he's got. Mm-hmm. I even asked him. I said, you know, do you want me to put another rack time over here? He goes, no, because I'll play it. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He goes, if it's in front of me, I'm going to hit it. <laughs> so he's like, I just assume not have it. There. All of a sudden, <laughs> the new grave rollers have like Iron Maiden sound songs. Depending on what set we record with, uh, that could really change the sound of it. You got songs that are like kind of leaning in that direction, potentially, even with just not, not parts. Maiden, not Maiden so much, <laughs> but, but stuff that skate looked, punk maybe. Yeah, skate punk. Uh, some of them uh, are a little heavier than I think what we put out on the first album. Interesting, considering that. Uh, considering that it's going to be. Um, um, Tommy just playing guitars on the record, or is uh, Ray going to play guitars on the record too? Uh, he may. Okay, he may. We're still in that. We're still in that stage. We're, we're filling each other out. Gotcha. So I did. I didn't want to commit for Ray. That's really his decision, right? You know, I hear you. But still, I'm excited to hear new stuff and to see. And between you and Tony talking about where the direction's going with oh, the writing, yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah, I mean the the direction's going good. There's a couple songs that fall probably more into a, like a hardcore sound. Oh yeah. I was going to ask what uh, define what you meant by heavy because that could kind of go a few different ways. Uh, well, let's see. Heavy would probably be coming from uh, the drums more. Okay. As opposed to just, you know, John's an excellent 
punk drummer, mm-hmm. but uh, I like it when he gets excited because he hits harder. Yeah, <laughs> and and he can really just cause a, a song that would be like a not just a normal song. All of a sudden, it becomes thunderous. Yeah, you know. Because when he's hitting harder, we play a little harder. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. The energy and, gets and going. And Tony's a front oh, yeah. man that really feeds off a band's energy. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, so yeah. So the harder y'all play, the more insane he's going to get. Yeah, and it it's it's just started working out that way. And I think you know, as opposed to it being like one off stuff, we've kind of figured that part out. That's cool. You know, we're like, okay, we were, this happened because of this before. Right. So now you know. John comes over. We give Johnny Hellcat a, a Red Bull and <laughs> sit him back. So, so more stuff like death comes a knocking. Uh, yeah, it's it's in that vein. Gotcha. It's in that vein. Because I was thinking, because when you first said heavy, I may, I thought more in the lines of like the uh, the slower part of Fourth and Vine. Oh, because because that yeah. could be kind of like a heavy thing, yeah, especially that, like with y- what y'all do with the stab stab stab. Yeah, stab, yeah, stab. yeah kind of thing you with said life. hardcore too and i thought of like mad ball or something like that, that y'all are gonna lean oh there's one there's one song uh tony just decided he was gonna sing it like agnostic front oh shit yeah so oh, i was damn. like okay <laughs> i was like if that's what you're getting out of it go for it dude you know he kind of looks well, if like y'all need some gang vocals you know you got some people here oh yeah uh, rehearsing their <laughs> vocals chords every week on this show yeah, <laughs> we throw in some damn yells for you oh yeah not Dude. Two highs, two lows. Yeah, two highs, two lows. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Um, so how, about how far along would y'all say the writing process has been? Or are y'all kind of wrapping up at this point? No, we're not wrapping it up at all. I'm saying uh, right now we're in the, we have the ideas. Right. Okay. We have the ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got the parts of yeah. the songs down. And now we're, we're playing with how do we want to string them together. Okay, okay, I got you. You know, that kind of jazz. So y'all, each of y'all has like separate, uh, it's kind of like what uh, me, Alex, and Mikey do, where we have like separate riffs and just kind of uh, from each of our uh, separate writings and just combining them together. Uh, sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. A lot of times it'll just be, you know, I'll be playing something or Tom will be playing something, you know, just kind of your warm up stuff. So it's just and somebody goes, what's that? Yep. Keep, keep cool. playing that. And then from that, we'll kind of nail down like, We'll de- nail down a riff, and then we determine, okay, you know what what else goes with that. And then it's kind of okay, is this the verse or is this the chorus? What? Gotcha. Yeah. And that and right now, so we kind of know what our verses and choruses and things like that are going to be, but still got the question of how long should this verse be? Yeah. You know, how many times are we going to play through this this part? Mm-hmm. That that we're still working out. Yeah, that all makes sense, and. We're actually kind of on the same level that I'd say at that point, because we've finally gotten to the point where we've, I think there might be a little bit of rewriting or maybe some intros to songs. Right, right, but right. Man, I'm just at that point now where I've got to get my lyrics done. Mm. And, and that is the hardest part. <laughs> and, and the good thing about, um, you know, I originally I think Tony had almost always worked with uh, music was ready or very close before he came in with lyrics. And here we're we're trying to say all right, and he's like, okay, I got an idea with this one. Yeah, you know, let's let's go with it. I like that. Uh, and the Tony's been kind of doing that more and more lately. Like he'll have an idea in his head that'll like. Uh, does he do the same thing with you? Will he mm-hmm. sing you up an idea, and then y'all the band kind of picks up what he's doing? Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's of course it's as I mentioned in the last the last time I was here. We try not to come in with anything set in stone yeah. because right. we're like, this is, it's simply an idea because Tony will still come up and he'll go, 
hey, what happened to that song that went da 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 Oh, yeah. And I was like, we, yeah, we are using that. It's yeah. it's in one of the other songs. Now. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I thought it was going to be in this one. Now we just we changed our minds. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's that's can be one of the downsides to recording everything, like yeah. cell phone recordings of everything, mm-hmm. because you may pick up on something like a you had a little snippet, but then you kind of forget that that then evolved into this. Oh yeah, you know, because because well, you're like, what 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 about this? We can write a, like we already wrote something off of that. Yeah. you know. Or sometimes it's oh, what happened to this? Yeah, it, exactly. That's usually what we're getting asked. Mm-hmm. What what happened to this? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I don't even remember playing that. You know? <laughs> My favorite is um, when you get asked. What was that? And you're like, oh, yeah, I don't remember. And you go through your phone recordings, and as you're clicking, you find another one you also oh, forgot about. Yeah. And then everyone goes, oh, yeah, we were working on that. And yeah. then you immediately set the phone down, and you start working on that one. Yeah. I just report everything now at of this course, point. It, you know, in all fairness to, well, myself and the rest of the guys, once the once this shutdown hit, you know, we didn't have there there were no more shows to get ready for yep. or things like that so you know we we were at the point we were about, we were coming out of taking a little break yeah and then we were about to get back into it mm-hmm. but then it start you know something will come up something you know okay we can't do it this week all right maybe we'll yeah. do it next Wrangling week and, the band yeah and and, and you know life events come up yep. you can't do it and you know the next time before you know it you it's been almost a month yeah you know and trying to remember something that happened at the end of the practice a month ago, it, 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 it's hard. Oh, yeah. So, so now we've been making a conscious effort to get together on a, a weekly basis mm-hmm. and at least run through and work on those new songs. So. Yeah, we're, we're starting to get back in that groove of that. and Because uh, what we were kind of talking about before um, microphones started getting going about music is... Yeah. Fillins are actually starting to try to get studio time booked next. We got about three or four new, uh, yeah. three or four songs we want to record, and I find that putting a time schedule helps me Same because here. because we've been working on. We started with about maybe seven or eight songs, and mm. then kind of whittled it down to about of uh, about maybe six or five, and now we've figured out the top three and four that we are really focusing on that we're going right. to record, and we've been focusing on those main three. And musically, aside from, like I mentioned earlier, maybe a small little bit here and there that we want to change, it's been theoretically done. Right. All that's really left is just practicing it over and over and me finishing my lyrics. Right. And And if that's the only thing holding us back, why are we stop? Why are we not trying to get into the studio kind of thing? And I find that, okay, now, since we have a rough time frame Mm -hmm. of when we might be stepping back in, it gives me that little bit of urgency and that little bit of squeeze of, hey, you have that time frame now if you've got some lyrics right. to finish. You only have this much to go, motherfucker. Yeah, you we, can finish this. A deadline Get inspired, definitely helps. asshole. <laughs> oh, dude. So, some, I had a, I'm working with uh, somebody that gave me a week deadline. <laughs> Ooh. <finish> song. <laughs> Damn. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, deadli- deadlines definitely help. I, I think, you know, our, our best work usually comes out of when we're getting ready for a show yeah or getting ready to record you know yeah and i'm kind of at the point now just because like out like alex mentioned before if there's deadlines i will get inspired and like you know try to get prepped up like mm-hmm. a motherfucker you know yeah. so now i'm just trying to like uh i'm sure everybody's going to be doing this now with the rest of the years just kind of get the rest of their uh, 2020 mapped out before yeah, it, uh, everything starts uh before the 
the cure is found because let's face it, we're probably not going to play many shows. This right, year. right. Um, I, as much as I hate to say, it, I don't think unless it winds up being a miracle for some sort of October Halloween event, I don't. I think October Halloween is the last chance folks are really going to have to get decent shows in because I feel that by November and December, especially with all these lockdowns, family is going to come super, well, and that, super first. And, and that's yeah. traveling. And, and that's all typically that. a slow time. It's a exactly. slow time anyway. Yeah. And January is as well. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's a slow time for everything, honestly, so, not just music. So, yeah. we, so I think we bands like us might have a window to maybe knock out one or two more yeah. shows this year for October, November. I, I, I'd put the limit at, it probably being just one. Yeah. You're going to have, if, if, if a chance comes up, the most it'll be is one show. Yeah. As I would, I'd like, I'd like to slip in at least one more show before the end of the year. I feel it's possible somewhere, somehow I'd like to get at least one more live show in before, but after that, I honestly am ready for next year. And it's, it's going to be an odd thing, at least for us, because you guys are setting it up well to where you're going to have brand new material as soon as things start opening up. We're at that weird spot of we have new material we haven't done anything with, <laughs> and we're already getting ready for the new material. So right. it's, it's going to be that weird balance. I'm kind of using the new material to help push. Hey, we have vinyl too. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of using it as like a companion. Oh seven yeah, that, inch. That, that, this is that, our greatest hits for you to have when it, you leave. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. That uh, the shutdown this year completely killed all of our plans. Yeah, so it's almost like we're making a companion seven inch follow-up to this record to go along with it (laughs) we were going to push the merch uh more just so we can help pay pay it off but uh that way when you go into recording it's nice not to have like a previous recording well for lack of a better term debt on it yeah you know and i we knew going in that you know printing something on vinyl exclusively was going to limit the availability of it right so you know, we pretty much accepted it. I, I'm assuming it's like you guys did. We all of us were like, you know, in, in all the bands we've played in, we have nothing. None of us have any songs recorded on vinyl. And nope. that was and so that was we were we were like, part of it. let's do it now. Yeah. Let's just do it exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> no, and uh, thanks to Hobo Wolfman, uh, we, I've already discussed with him because I I try to keep Danny updated on you know, hey, we've got new material or hey, here's a random idea I had or you right. were interested in doing it. No, okay, cool, I'll come up with another idea. You know, shit like that. So I've let him know, like, hey, we've got some songs that we're kind of getting ready. You know, just wanted to throw that out there. He immediately was like, boom, you want to do a seven inch? We're like, yes, sir, we would. (laughs) So thanks to Danny at Hobo, uh, we're going to be kind of splitting that up and won't be able to do another vinyl split this or a vinyl seven inch come next year with the new material. That's that's cool. I think Danny's kind of in our headspace where he wants to push Hobo Wolfman harder than ever now. Right, right. All these releases he's got in the the works. It sounds like you you guys have a, a, a deal set up similar to my uh my buddy gus from power takeoff mm-hmm. he uh he pays for his own recordings yeah which i i like but i liked his reason for it he goes it's my intellectual property yeah he goes that way i own it nobody else does yep yep and uh he goes and i just send it off and he goes and you know i'll get a record i'll get a handful of records in the mail yep for me to distribute yeah now danny and our uh we, we work at pretty damn close to that um but I, i've always liked that idea too which is you know you pay for the recording and yeah. then you've got a record label or an indie label or whatever that helps you produce it because yeah. or release it rather because yeah. i like to 
we've kind of worked ourselves in a fun way, which is because I have a pretty basic to amateur uh, grasp on graphic design and things right. like that. I can make our CD and vinyl covers all day long. I can produce that. So we don't have to pay someone unless I pay like Chris Engler to right. draw up like a skull autonomy head with right. a missing ear. I can't do that. And that's a special request. So yeah, I pay for an artist to draw me a design. Right. But after I get the design, I assemble it all together and I don't have to pay anyone extra for that. Yeah. So I we cut out that cost and then I know how to send stuff off and how quality I'm not one of those guys that tiny little post no, stamp no, no, jpeg no, no, no. i understand about photoshop and placements and um fucking uh pdfs and P psds and atfs and sell yourself short aifs <laughs> and all that shit i know all the crap so it's like i know how to get all that sent off that's shit that people would usually pay for to make sure it's right, high quality absolutely. absolutely i'm able to bring that to someone like danny a hobo wolfman going hey if you need an ad place somewhere, right. uh, let me know. I'll hook you up with that. Oh, cool. So he'll come to me every so often for like a graphic idea. I'll hook him up with that. And then when we come in with new music, you know, he'll help us subsidize the cost on that a little bit because he's like, sweet, more vinyl in my roster and you've helped me out. And we're helping you out. You know, I, <laughs> we I, try to make it a co-op. I've done <laughs> yeah. album art for a, a couple of different albums. Uh, that that weren't mine yeah and uh the thing i hated about this is gonna sound bad but but when they're paying you to do it you got to do what they want yeah so i started doing this i was like i'll design I'll, yeah i'll design it for you mm -hmm. and they said well how much is it gonna cost i was like i don't know well you know let me record a song somewhere or something like that yeah because at least with that i i kind of have that they don't have that money control on it mm-hmm and if I get really frustrated with it, I can just say, okay, fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and you haven't had the, the counting the chickens before they had situation of, you know, you've have X amount of money coming right. to me if right. I were to get this done. Instead, oh, I was just going to get in the studio. I'll do that anyway. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It feels like less of a loss. Oh, almost. yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, especially if you're not doing it for a living. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, we all have our own jobs and things yeah, like that. Right. And you're like, you know, you know, if I don't get a hundred bucks for this logo, it's not the end of the world mm -hmm. type deal. You know, yeah. no, it, I, that, that's I, why, that's why, um, that's actually what kind of what got me out of that field. Really? Yeah. Um, cause I, I worked for Russell Stover candies at out straight out of school. Mm -hmm. I was a graphic designer for him and, um, I just hated, you know, having to produce like four or five things, of the exact same thing. And yeah. then, then they'd hate it. Revision, 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 mm -hmm. revision, revision. And I started thinking, man, this is, you know, I enjoyed coming up with the original idea, but the rest of this stuff boils. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, especially the tedious tasks like that, I can see really kind of grating on you. It's like, I'm working with a buddy of mine now. I'm making a logo for his band. Mm -hmm. he's, kind of want, he's doing a redesign with everything, new image, new sound, new right. look, all that. And it's like, it, I'm having a lot of fun doing that. And it's, I was a little worried about doing it at first because I've done work for other clients yeah. where they've sent me, okay, here's what I want in this. And I'm looking at it and I look at the parts they give me and I'm like, ah, you, I don't know what you have in your head. Right. And, and I will make it like to the T what they're looking for. And they're like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And I was like, really? I was kind of doing this just to show you that this wouldn't, 
word. No, 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 no. And, and then I'll have to gently guide them be like, okay, well, here's the thing. <laughs> this, this, and this honestly doesn't work because we're looking at all this too much. We got to actually do this. Oh, well, what about... Like, no, trust me. Trust me. Right. <laughs> Eventually, the trust me conversation bleeds in. Well, the, it's the interior decorator in you. There, yes. there, it's the trust me thing, and then you're just like... you. If you stay at it long enough, then you're like, you know what? My name's not on it. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm like, all right, whatever. Please. I don't, don't, don't put my name in the album or anything. <laughs> you know, I don't want to credit yeah. or anything. You know? So if you're going to put my name on it, it better be fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. No. And honestly, my, my whole attitude on that is when I'm talking with people and then like, if I'm part of a project or whatever, and they're right. like, oh, we'll take care of the graphics. I'm like, well, let me take a look. Oh no, no, no. I've got it. I've got it. I will honestly, I will say just one more time. I'm like, hey, trust me. Let me take a look at it. I'll make sure it works out good. Right. If they go, no, 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 I've got it. That's the last time I'll bring it up. I'm like, okay, cool. I say, if it turns out not looking great, I say, come to me next time. And nine times out of ten, I wind up looking at the CD or I wind up seeing something after the fact. And I'm just like, (laughs) nope, 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 nope. I mean, you know, for the Grave Rollers album, we we all sat around and came up with a concept, at least for the, the photo, the main graphic on the front. And, uh, I, I went out and found the photo. Got it. You know? And, uh, once we had that, I probably put together like four or five mock-ups just doing things differently. And Mm -hmm. surprisingly, the one that came out is the only, is the only one that had our name written kind of in that logo font, if you will. And, uh, yeah, we had discussions. Well, I like this one better. I like this one better. And, and then we all kind of came down to it. We're like, you know, for name recognition, this, given this to first album, people don't have like a long series of stuff. You know, we can't just put like a, a all black label album. Out. Yeah. Right. Nobody's going to know what it is. And, uh, they already don't know what it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we just picked, we just, you know, we settled on that one. And then, uh, I think it was Tom from a photo shoot we'd done God, almost a year prior. It, he said, I really like that one photo. Mm-hmm. And so we pulled it up and just passed it around. And we we're all like, yeah, it's a good, it's a good shot. Yeah. We'll use it. Made the yeah. back cover. Yeah. So yep. I put it on the back cover. I, you know, took out a couple power lines that were just kind of making weird lines <laughs> yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I, God, I got so much crap because none of us thought about it. Mm-hmm. We didn't even, our names aren't even in it. I know, I was going to yeah, bring no, that up. I was like, you, you were paying so much attention to it, didn't put any credits at all on it. No, no credits, no credits anywhere. But uh, This is just a magic. That's right. Here's the song titles. This is the name of the album. Here's who we are. The band to, name, rather. Well, you, you don't you, need anything else. You know, we had. We, you have to guess who we are. I, I guess in all fairness, you know, we were like, you know, with social media, it's easy enough to find out who's in the band. Yeah. And, uh, and Tony sings, uh, the band members names in one, uh, one of the songs. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> What's funny is, uh, I think in that song, um, he says the name Tim, yeah. which was, I guess the original guy playing bass when they first got together. But, t- but he says Tiki. Oh yeah. It, he yeah. added that oh, after added I joined that. the okay. band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the, they they weren't known as the Grave Rollers or anything like that. It kind of became the Grave Rollers once the four of us right, got right. together. They were more just getting together and working on just trying trying to play something. Before that, they were just yeah. kind of like you know just fucking around. 
Yeah, yeah I remember- to, to an extent. I mean, they were working on writing songs and things like that. And, uh, you know, the other guy just, you know, nothing, nothing against him. It wasn't his fault. Just with his schedule, he could not, he yeah. couldn't make all the rehearsals and things like that. So, yeah. no, because I remember Tony just talking about, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just kind of jamming with some car club guys. Yeah. And yeah. then eventually he was just like, no, we have a band. Oh. <laughs> Eventually, it just kind of turned into that. It went, went from, oh, yeah, we're jamming to, no, we're a band. Yeah, because I came, I came in to play guitar with them and things like that. I told that story. But, yeah. And, uh, but, no, once I switched the bass and took it, I took it seriously, and then we were kind of like, you know, maybe we could do something with this, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It just it, Things fell into place that way. So. No, and I think it was great because, you know, I had, I had known of uh, Tommy Ray and the Ray Guns, um, yeah. and that was real. But and I know I had seen that live, so yeah. I know I have seen you live, but right. not of knowing you at all. Right, right, right. Uh, but knowing like Tony's past bands from going from like Dirtbag to Twenty One CG mm-hmm. to then Grave Rollers, I really like Grave Rollers because you guys really have a different sound than really anything else. And I think that's one of the reasons, not to toot our own horror, but that's one of the reasons I really like the music we play also, yeah. is because it feels like the fill-ins kind of do something a little different. And the Grave Rollers do too, because especially with that first record, you've got a cover of, what, a 60s song or something oh, like no, that? Oh, no, from it? the Wombats. <clears throat> okay. I was going to say, but it's like a public yeah. domain like a song that's I been like... I think it was the... recorded in the 70s, and we... Bye Bye Baby? Yeah, yeah. we, we try... 70s, or could have been 80s, but the only recording we found was John had this... It, it sounded terrible, <laughs> but we kind of picked it out. And it was to the point we couldn't even really find out the lyrics. Right. And so we kind of worked with what we had and put it, put it okay. together. But when we when we did release it, we uh, did make some calls and found out that we we did not need to know the ownership rights. Yeah, we could you know back in the day it used to be Harry Fox. You know they just say how many of these are you going to release? Okay, here, here's the song title. Here's the band that did it. Yeah, the funds will go yep. to them. Yep. Yeah, and we're like okay, fine. Yeah, and that's the same thing. That's uh, when we did uh, Strutter. Uh, yeah. our, our Kiss cover. As soon as they were just like, who's the songwriters? I right. fast Google search. I said, BMI songwriting credits, Kiss Strutter. And I pulled right. up the exact ones. It was Gene Klein and Stanley Eyes. And mm-hmm. I keyed that in. I said, well, it's the publisher. I looked. It was Warner Music. Typed <laughs> that in. They're like, cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, I see just the tiniest little bit less come in from Strutter than I do everything else. And I'm like, cool. They're getting their fraction of a cent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and... and rightfully so you know i think you know i i can remember long time ago when it was more of the well if they ever hear hear it we'll deal with it then uh they'll sue you yeah and i was like no things are so litigious these days Mm -hmm. you know and and it's so easy just to cover your ass on that yeah i mean it's what is it uh the first ray gun album had like two covers on it we were only going to release a hundred copies so it was like maybe 40 bucks yeah to cover all that mm-hmm. and i said that's that's nothing yeah you know not at all, it, yeah. it's worth doing it uh-huh. yeah. hey, we want to think about the legal fees later if they want to get a hair up their ass and, well, cause and, a stink and, the, about and it. the songs on on that ray guns album I, I think one of them was ring of fire oh shit and, yeah it, these weren't it wasn't like these were obscure songs and the other one was ruby get back to the hills no, 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 no. <laughs> and that's why I was looking confused because no, I was sitting. That, was, that was my first thought, but I'm like, I know it can't be that. Right? No, no, no. It was uh, um, what was it? Uh, 
Kenny Rogers and the oh. first oh the first, first edition. edition. The only one I know uh, that they did is the uh, Big Lebowski song. The what condition? Yeah, my yeah, condition yeah, yeah. Was in, but I I believe that was the original artist. Okay. You know, so on ours, you know, we had to click, okay, you know, because Ring of Fire, June Carter actually has the songwriting credits on it. Oh, okay. So, you know, we did that and went through it. And like I said, it was Harry Fox back then. You could do it online. Yeah. So. No, I went through, uh, I think it's a website like easysonglicensing.com or something like that. It's a partnership with CD Baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same thing. It just asked roughly how many downloads or physical copies. And I was like, I I put in just a very low number because I knew we weren't going to do a lot. (laughs) And they're like, here's, shit, I think it was less than $40 even. It was like super cheap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sweet, (laughs) golden. (laughs) Oh yeah. Back to what we were originally talking about, though, which was, so you had that song on there, then you've got like um death comes a knocking which is really fast and then a slower one like fourth and vine mm-hmm. and then um those were like the main ones that kind of came to mind and even part-time center part-time saint mm-hmm. or full-time center part-time saint that one kind of has yeah fourth and vine and kind of like a drive-in groove like yeah. that's one that you just want to speed down the highway listening yeah it's, to. Uh, it's a full-on rock and roll band and uh you said you and uh, Tommy Ray come from like you know like the cowpunk thing with uh, Tommy Ray and the Ray Guns. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that still still sounds like a full on you know punk rock band, but with that kind of aesthetic, like you know the rockabilly. Uh, yeah, uh, kind of uh, aesthetic to it, but well, still you, pretty driving. I, I, you know our dry, our our drummer he he made his. Uh, I mean he played in a punk band called Drat, which was pretty big around yeah. Charlotte for a while, and uh, he also at the same time he was playing with and still does to this day Jim Croslin and the Hypertonics. Oh, okay, yeah. So he that has that that range, right. you know, and uh, and just you know sometimes he'll be playing more of like a rockabilly beat to some of the stuff that we're or, or we'll be playing more of like a rockabilly lick, and he'll throw a punk beat under it. Yeah, he's and very we're like well versed. It gives a you know he kind of knows how to shape it. Gotcha. So that. John's a real big asset, at least in my opinion. Now, do you find yourselves kind of making a conscious effort to make each song kind of unique or, or was that kind of just a product of here's our debut album and now you're kind of honing in on what the sound would be? No, we, we agreed um, early on that this was going to be for fun. Absolutely. To be honest, it's gotten, it's gotten a bit more serious than I think any of us really thought it would be, but we've never we're like, we're not going to take anything off the table. If we like the song, mm-hmm. we'll play it. Got it. You know, period. I, I don't care if you're like, well, this one sounds completely different. Well, that's fine. Yeah. But we like it. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, I just didn't know if that was, because I can think of like a lot of bands, first records, kind of throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall to see what sticks. And then when you go out and play live, you kind of assess, okay, well, these songs went over well. And then maybe that influences songwriting and then kind of hones in on a bit more of a direction because you right. were kind of talking more heavy and skate punk. So I didn't yeah. know if that was maybe the direction you guys were trying well, to move toward moving forward. No, not necessarily. It's just kind of what what came out I got you at the time you know it was a lick and we're like hey that reminds me of of this kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. then we just go from there yeah I like because actually at one point in time you know you can do this on Spotify they have a a band link page Mm -hmm. in there yeah where you can go in to see what songs are trending what's had the most and the I even told him, I said, okay, by far this one, this song has the most downloads. Yeah. And do you uh, remember which one it was? I do. I'm not going to tell you which one it was. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Um, but, uh, no, that's our little secret. Okay. And, uh, (laughs) but anyway, it, uh, I said, so 
as far as popularity goes, we sh- we could veer more to that direction. Mm-hmm. And not not much was said about it, but we ended up not veering in that direction. We're just like, no, we we like playing this right now. Yeah. So we're going to do that. No, and that's an interesting uh, kind of way of looking at it because at least with the fill-ins, I I think that Cap and I are kind of looking at it as. Each record, we take what we've done and add more to it. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of maybe taking a shift, it's like with each one, we just like, okay, well, time has now had a more of a rock element. Okay, let's let's exploit that a little bit more. And then even with these new songs we're writing, we listened to Never Heard of Them and went, ooh, we had fun adding these elements to it. Let's add more of those same elements and do different things with it now. I always want your next record to be better than the last. Right. And I think what we which what people will be able to see on on this on the what we're working on now is mm-hmm. there are elements of this throughout the old record. Yeah. You know, so it's it's not like a huge departure. It yeah. just may be a little more focused right. a little bit, but because I like think the that's next still though, if we, we if we end up with like another kind of pop type song, which we actually are working on one, mm-hmm. which you know, we, we were talking about it, it's kind of more in the vein of uh like the wrong one. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. And it's a great song, too. And, uh, it, but that just came out of something simple, you know? Yeah. I, Tom came in with the, the wrong one pretty much fleshed out as far as the music goes. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, played out arrangement just a little bit. And that, that, it's on the album. I mean, Tony came up. Tom had, had the lyrics. I think Tony changed them just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But so. Just to work with like vocal placement and things like that. Yeah, you know, it, well, th- those two sing. They they have different singing styles. Yeah. Okay. And you know, whereas like uh, uh, Tommy may be able to get out this many words in this section, Tony's like, oh, I can only get out this many words yeah. in this section. Yeah. You know that kind of thing, or vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like as the singer, you want to take somebody. If you're using somebody else's words, you want to be able to you know feel it while you're singing it on the mic too. Yeah, because you know when I wrote "Death Comes a Knocking." Uh, but we finally realized that you know what I heard in my head for it vocally, it wasn't going to work for Tony. Right? He's like, I, I want some space between the words, and I was like, okay. So that's that's why all we did was just extend that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, and that makes total sense, and, and I think that's uh, and that's one of the things I've kind of wanted to work with Tony on because I get in that I've talked about it so many times on the show before. I get in a vocal beatbox. Mm-hmm. Where it's like not not literal beatboxing, but just when I'm writing lyrics, I want to do the same da 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 da, da over a certain right. kind of verse. Right. And I'm sitting here going like, okay, well I can't change my guitar riffs up too much. It's, right. We've I've got a certain vibe I like, but I can change the song by doing a different vocal beat and a different right. vocal melody on top. And then my brain just goes. Zzz. <laughs> like it just completely fuzzes out and I don't know what the hell to do with it so I, that's one of the things I would like to get up with them on sometime just to be like show me how to think of different vocal melodies for stuff yeah, yeah I can see that and with the fillings it's a it's very riffy anyway like like we could all have we all have guitar riffs for days right and for some reason like since we're all guitar players uh, finding that vocal melody can be just a little trick with especially over like some stuff Mikey will write yeah right but I don't know. We're kind of like uh, coming from that songwriter perspective now, too. And I think Mikey's got, like, we've all gotten a lot better with that. Right. Mikey used to have, you know, just, you know, long, uh, intricate Pentatonic. riffs for days. Right. Exactly. But he's a little bit more, 
more and more direct as the uh, the more we keep working, the more that we uh, keep recording. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I th- I think that's uh, that's true for most uh, people when they first get into songwriting or or just writing music and things like that. You kind of you, you want to show your ability, right? You know, yeah. And then and then eventually you realize, you know what? Maybe a simpler is better. Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not the most technical song in the world, which I can o- I'll openly admit our songs are not technical. Right. You know, we've kind of and on this on this stuff we've simplified them, kind of down to the basics of it. Right. And uh, I, I like them better. You know, and a lot of the times when with uh, writing, especially as like a guitar player, or a bass player, or a, I'll use just guitar player because what do guitar players like to do? Right. Throw everything against the fucking wall lead wise because right. they think it's going to sound the best. But then you spend about maybe 10, 15 minutes, you know, dialing it back until the simplest lick um, right. makes the song. Well, you, you know, know you Alex and I talked about this a little bit at uh, one of the Superjet rehearsals. I was like, you know, I, I really, I, and I always have, uh, I'm, I don't like things where it's like the riff constantly changes throughout mm-hmm. a song. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I, I, I've, it's never, it may end up sounding great. Yeah. But you kind of, you went the hard way to get it. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially if you're not like, if you're not Rush or a progressive right, right, band right. or anything like that. Although I feel like one of the songs we're writing, we, we almost tow that line. We yeah. all, we we take it right up to that point. But that that being said, a ripper is never a bad thing either. No, 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 it's no, not. no, no, we, no, no, we, no, no. We actually hit. I'm actually really proud of the three songs we kind of honed in on. Right. One song, it, it's almost to that point of too many changes. Like mm-hmm. we changed it up a lot. Right. It, but it's it's right up to that point. If we did it one more time, it would have been too much. Oh yeah. But then there's another one that's just like bare bone, like, okay, you know the riff in the first couple seconds. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be riding this kind of thing out for a while. It's gonna be a yeah. stompy oh, A C D C vibe one it, kind you know, of thing. It's, it's one of those things where it's like they're you know, you're essentially playing the same riff that you had before. Yeah. But you've decided that one note now is going to be a half step off of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, I'm talking about okay. If, if uh, one of these, it, it, we shift from that to, and then all of a sudden we play with the pre-chorus differently throughout the whole song. Right. And with different things like that. And it's just like, Oh, it's, it's going to be fun. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> something, something I've always enjoyed is, you know, changing keys in the middle of a song, but the riff doesn't change. Yeah. You like, know, it's just like just a modulation or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, God, what song is it? Um, Annabelle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah. We we jump a full step yep. for the last verse. You do, and uh, we liked it. You know, we, no, I, that, 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 I was gonna say you, my you've, favorite tropes. I was gonna say you, you've tickled <laughs> Caps fans. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's a key change. I love a key change. <laughs> I'll do that. When, I'm sure drives drives him crazy. But uh, <laughs> me and my buddy uh, from college used to do the same shit, just riding around hearing songs going like, oh, key change. <laughs> yeah. No, buddy. Of all the things you do, that's one of the things that least gets on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you two Thanks. live together. That's <laughs> yeah. I'll take key change all day long. <laughs> 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 now I figured a fun way to end out this episode though. Uh, yeah. I talked about it on the uh, a little bit of a pre-roll. We so we had the murder hornets. 
Yes. <laughs> There's been meth gators. The meth gators. And then we had the blood monkeys that stole the blood yep. samples from uh, India, yeah. I think it was. And, and don't forget the spice world. zombies, so long as we're talking about Florida. Oh, God, yeah. yes. Yeah, the spice zombies. Oh, and the recently debunked um, um, bath salt zombies yeah. from Florida. That wound up getting debunked a I, little while ago. I thought that was a thing like years ago, the bath oh, salt zombies. Uh, it was years ago, but when he brought that up, that made yeah. me remember it. See, I'm wanting to make a new YouTube series talking about that kind of stuff. It's like, <laughs> shit you thought was right, but oh, it's yeah. not anymore. Yeah. I, I kind of want to do that. But yeah, I, that's one I of I think Adam, Adam ruins everything. Shut up. Done <laughs> Alex ruins everything, hey, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Alex debunks everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're why you're wrong with yes, Alex. Why you're, yeah, you know, why you're wrong with Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that one down. <laughs> But no, so we've had all these fucked up um, bugs, and then uh, Raina showed me this last night because it hits close to her home. Mm-hmm. Zombie cicadas infected with mind-controlling fungus returned to West Virginia. <laughs> what? <laughs> mind-controlling fungus? <clears throat> Researchers from West Virginia University recently saw the return of these bizarre hmm. creatures, which are infected with a fungus called massopora m-a-s-s-o-s-p-o-r-a so what i'm hearing is we'll continue yeah uh the fungus manipulates the insects to unknowingly infect other cicadas randomly transmitting the disease to create a zombie army of sorts oh god (laughs) when a male cicada is infected with the fungus i'll just say Mm -hmm. instead of the long ass name right Researchers found it flicks its wings like a female, a known mating call. This behavior attracts healthy male cicadas, facilitating the spread of the fungus, which contains chemicals including blah, 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 and blah, found in hallucinogenic mushrooms. Oh. (laughs) Just how the disease manipulates the host and spreads is... um, not entirely known findings do show that the parasite functions in part as a sexually transmitted infection. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. So from what it sounds like, um, a whole bunch of cicadas are uh, getting mind fucked by some, um, zombie mushroom it's moth it's mothman he's getting his oh shit that's what it is it's mothman in West Virginia and his, <laughs> he's all, getting his hordes together and his army of, of uh, fuck zombie cicadas <laughs> 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 oh shit I, I wonder what uh, sort of connection there is between uh, cicadas and moths like if there's some sort probably, of genality uh, connection probably not at all there probably needs not. to be <laughs> there is now <laughs> there needs to be for this episode and for this conspiracy theory to work in now conspiracy theories work anyway it's cicada man exactly we were, we were wrong this whole time that's right yes why you were wrong with Alex <laughs> It was not. It was not Mothman. It was Cicada Man. You idiot! Yeah. This whole time, <laughs> zombie cicada. <laughs> well, I'll just look for the video where a praying mantis eats one of those. Yes. yes. <laughs> Apparently, praying mantises can eat just anything. <laughs> Dude, they're vicious. They're yeah. vicious. Well, thinking on that, uh, that actually just inspired me to kind of think, if you could create your own real bad gray house 70s, 80s horror film featuring an insect or bug or a non-suspecting entity like the cicada, what would you pick? Oh. <laughs> like, we've, had, we've already oh. had like Day of the Fly and shit like the, that. The mantis... Would be a good one, but I was already a villain like Space Ghost cartoons. Yeah, see, I wanted to say ants. Yeah, I was but... gonna say, don't worry about like villains and something. Think about the actual like. Okay, let's turn that into a horror movie. Uh, Mind controlled cicadas. Yeah, you know, I was thinking <laughs> things like like ants. 
Ooh, okay. And, um, not not where they grow to giant size like the movie, ants. but the hive mind mentality. Yeah, yeah, that hive yeah. minded mentality. Um, of course, you know what? <laughs> Being around here, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a movie about hornets. Ooh. I think everyone could relate to that. Oh God damn, that'd be frightening. So first off, even uncontrolled. They're just mean and spiteful. Yeah, yes. you know? so if, I'm evil still, little sons of. I'm yes. still nervous around hornets, yellow jackets, and shit like that. <laughs> it's one of the few. Fl- it's like I'll see a bee and just kind of like want to move away from it. I see a hornet and I'm like, fuck. Well, see, a, a, horn, a hornet has no consequences when they sting you. No, they'll nope. sting you a million times and be yep. like, "Fuck you, asshole." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a bee at least has to contemplate its own death beforehand. You know. <laughs> They're like, I really don't want to do this. I'm going to do this to preserve my own kind. No, I, I have had, to. I had a, a a hornet come out and just sting me on the arm. It stung me like four times Ooh. at our shop, and well, my arm blew up. But uh, I don't usually have a much of a reaction to them. But I think I think that I much either. of a dose in one s- section yeah. is enough to make it uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah so wasp is a good one. I like that. Yeah, one. I like the ants idea too, especially if they, you know got conscious of like how strong they could be in numbers oh, yeah, and yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Especially communicating with their fire ant brothers. Ooh, attack of the fire ants. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure that's been a thing somewhere. Some somewhere some some person has designed has figured out how to be the queen. Yes. <laughs> you know. It's that King of the Hill episode and all can, over yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby's being controlled by the queen. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh Cap, Cap quickly threw his away, so I'll snag it because that was a good one. I like the praying mantis idea. Yeah. The rise of the praying mantises because those little fuckers are evil, too. They'll snap at you. They are. They are. They are. I don't know how you'd make a movie out of it, but hippos are, like, sneaky dangerous in Africa. Oh, well, they're not Ooh. sneaky. They are well, dangerous. Not sne- yeah, exactly. Sneaky, dangerous. But nobody talks about it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was it? I heard, like, they're the number one cause of, like, animal deaths. Yeah, the in an- Africa. Animal human deaths. After wow. li- after lions, leopards, crocodiles, mm-hmm. any big like it, Oh yeah, they're Africa worse they're worse like than the, crocs. I think they have like uh, Africa has like the biggest amount of like big game predators. I'm yeah. sitting over here acting all surprised and then I just now mentally pictured the size of a hippo and I'm like, why am I surprised they outbeat crocs? Well, they're yeah, huge motherfuckers. They'll, you know, they'll, you know they'll what it is? kill crocs too. And, and they and I guess people think they're slow because of the way they look. Oh, they're muscular, they act- dude. But they actually can can run relatively quickly on land. Runner than a or run faster than a human. Yeah, and in the water, you know, they just that that bite strength. Uh-huh. You got no choice. Oh, yeah, dude, as you're yeah. gone, yeah. toothpick. <laughs> yeah, you don't see crocodiles trying. I, I to- think I think the only reason hippos wouldn't work for a movie is they're not uh, inconspicuous. No, <laughs> you can't have a hippo sneaking yeah. up on you. Yeah, yeah, it's, really. like, it's like the ant, like you know for the ants movie or whatever. Somebody could just have some in their kitchen. They're like, ah, I'm just gotta get rid of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you look down and you got them crawling up your yeah. leg. Where, and shit. Whereas if you walk in the kitchen and there's a hippo, <laughs> you know. Jerry, 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 get away from the hippos! What Jerry, hippos? Jerry, I said get away from the hippos. What? There's a herd of hippos around the house. Oh, no! That was just called movie. Just called Jerry is a dumbass. Yeah, yeah. Jerry and the hippos. Jerry, don't. Jerry, oh Terry, no! Back it up, Terry. Terry, back it up. <laughs> No, that's just that movie with the dude that lived with the grizzly bears for a year that thought, like, I can be friends with the bears. And then nope, they eat, nope. And then they eat them. <laughs> nope. They, you know, 
they tolerate you. They don't yeah. accept you. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you are not one of them. You were giving them food and nice to them, so they didn't see you as a threat. That's right. They didn't kill you because you'll give them food tomorrow. Yes. But it's the food, day you don't give the them food, food stops. You, you are know, the food. You slept too late. Guess what? Burrito. <laughs> That's what you are. Bears don't give a fuck about other bears. No. No. <laughs> no, there's been a bunch of bear movies, so can't really go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Attacking the gophers. Gophers. Hmm. Yeah, gopher, gopher could fuck you up if it tried. <laughs> it could. It could. I'm just imagining like one of those bad sci-fi B movies, like Sharknado, attacking yeah. the gophers. It's just, it's just Caddy. It's just Caddyshack, but like uh, Monty Python, where like the yes! rodent jumps yeah, on people's yeah. faces. <laughs> Guy opens up the door. Honey, I'm gonna. Go. I'm leaving for work now. Opens up the door. <laughs> That'd be along the lines of I, I don't I don't think it's a movie, but something like cephalopods attack. You know, it's like squid and octopi yeah. come on land. You know, release the kraken. <laughs> What's he do? Nipple your bum? <laughs> All right, we're devolving. Yes, yes, I think it's about time for us to dig on into our Spotify playlist and figure out what the hell we've been listening to. What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. I'll I'll go first. Mine's not on Spotify, but I was digging back through the uh, record collection there and Uh uh, found myself uh, this past week uh, spending um, a lot of... uh, black sabbath but primarily the never say die record. oh yeah that's still one that i haven't revisited on the it's, regular what's nice about it is it's not i've actually had it playing and had people ask me who's that <laughs> and because it doesn't sound like black sabbath a lot of it, the time. it doesn't well it doesn't sound like the early albums right. you know they were they were evolving and you but you can kind of see like how coming out of this and technical ec- ecstasy they were if you just made them a little, little more metal, it becomes Dio era yeah. stuff. You mm-hmm. know, I can see that. And this is the first one where uh, it seemed like Ozzy was finding finding his voice, the one that he would take on through his career. Yeah, you know, just were, a lot, a lot of good songs on it. Still prolific in the studio. I mean, even though they were all like just in the throes of cocaine addiction. Oh yeah, during that entire period, they were still like prolific as hell with you know how they made their records yeah and just put it all tried every idea in the book it sounded like oh yeah well cool man well cap what the hell have you been listening to uh besides black sabbath and acdc this week yeah because we subscribe to the patreon only one dollar a month something good network and you get the what the hell have we been listening to basically show called you gotta hear this (laughs) (laughs) we should have called it yeah what the fuck have we been listening to (laughs) yeah right but nah but it's called you gotta hear that's a segment. Yeah. No, this is show is called You Gotta Hear This. And uh, essentially, we just sit down with our phone and we just play a record and talk over it. Pretty hosted much. by the Captain Nun. He's, he's got his own right. individual show now on nice. the Patreon. Nice. Because Chris, yeah. Chris has couch potatoes. I've kind of taken over, kind of taken uh, uh, direction on something good for you. Cap has his music reviews and everything else cool. now. As I say on every show, it's like the only uh, radio show where the radio hosts talk over the music instead of shutting the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and you get all this fucking content at Couch Potatoes and a You Gotta Hear This every week on a Tuesday and a Saturday for only a dollar a month, folks. You gotta subscribe. 
So yeah, aside from Black Sabbath and ACDC <laughs> that we've been listening to over there on the Patreon, <laughs> what else you've been listening to, sir? Elvis Costello this week, particularly his yes, uh, yeah. first solo album, My Aim is True. And that's, yeah. and that's got Allison, that's got uh, Miracle Man, and uh, Welcome to the Work Week. Just great, just fucking late 70s power pop. I think this was before he had the uh, uh, the attractions and uh, made right. all those albums. Mm-hmm. So just, yeah, killer song. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, real good stuff. Yeah, and for me, I couldn't really narrow it down because I've been revisiting some stuff I know I've talked about on the show before. Right, right. So I'll, I'll throw out a couple little quickies. Uh, first one being Year of the Snake from Wildlife. I put that one down for a minute, picked it back up. It's fucking great. Um, I talk about this one a little bit more. Uh, the Starbender's new album, Love Potions. Yeah, I've been um, digging back into that too. It's honestly good. Like If you're looking for a little bit of like an 80s new wave blondie kind of thing to be tickled, yeah. these guys are really good at it. Based out of Atlanta, they've got a bit of a rock edge to them but mm-hmm. just enough synth and polish to kind of cross into a little bit of that new wave right and just great vocals really great songwriting and hell get baked listen to it in headphones i mean it's <laughs> it's fucking it's a trip it's really good stuff and uh ace fraley also he released a cover of space trucking, space trucking oh yeah. okay and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly how I thought it was going to be. Yeah. The, the music video for it makes up for it. I haven't watched the video yet. It's, it's very cheaply done, but it's cool. Like, the animation is not great, but that's kind of what leads to it. It's right. Seems, it's, it's pretty cool. from it. I follow all his band members on Instagram and shit like that because his band's really tight. Oh, yeah. The band is tight, and... I like Ace and Kiss, and I like some of his 80s solo material. Yeah, He's yeah. just... His band carries him like a motherfucker. Big time. <laughs> oh, if, yeah. if, it, if it wasn't for his backing band, it, it would be hard for me to swallow. What was the first album he released after leaving Kiss? Uh, Fraley's Comet. That's right. And That's then it right. Was that Fraley. was a good album. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Breakout and uh, Calling to You, a handful mm-hmm. of others. And then he did Second Coming, which didn't have a lot of great stuff on it. Then after that was um, Trouble Walking. That's the one yeah. I wasn't doing. Yeah, the and I had shot full of rock. Uh, his version of um, uh, "Do Hi- Ya" from yeah. uh, and all that. And hide your heart, right? Yep, and hide your heart. <laughs> had "Do Ya" and hide your heart, and um, but yeah, and then after that reunion, and then he's been doing a bunch of solo albums after right. he split, and they've just progressively gotten a little less. It's just exciting. something. To, it's just yeah. something to keep Ace busy. Yeah, it, it was cool to hear, but. I think I've listened to it a handful of times and went, yep, that's Ace singing Space Truck. And, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> good on him. At least he's still doing stuff. You and, know? That, and that's why I still have to throw it out there. But we're going to round out the show uh, with a new track from Sunday Boxing, Your Ghost. Uh, Paul posted that yep. in our Discord server this week. And it was actually really good. I'm really liking the direction those guys are going in. I do, too. That one sounded like, uh, reminded me, uh, I even told him, that it remind, uh, reminded me of The Middlemen. Just yes. yeah. kind of like just all over the place uh, rhythm wise. Yeah, and it, I really dug it. It's a really cool track. So stick around to the end to hear that. And as usual, as I mentioned about everything else, if you want to get extra content like the Couch Potatoes, and you got to hear this every single week on a Tuesday and a Saturday slash Sunday, subscribe to our Patreon. Link is in the bio. Only a dollar a month. There's other tiers, but you get all the main shit on the dollar tier. And we've got the Discord server because I'm not getting on Facebook. <laughs> it's been yep. nice. I don't like Facebook. Facebook, and I'm not getting on there a lot, and I'm finding new ways to get my news, and I'm getting all my friends on Discord, so if you're listening to this and want to get on there too, join in with the link in the bio, and I think that's about all our shit, because we've Pretty got the much. voicemail, but folks don't give a fuck about that unless it's a live show, oh, yeah. but you can always call the voicemail hotline, 513-463-SGFY, and if you leave us a voicemail in the middle of the month, we'll play it on the show now, we've, we have a segment for it, but hey, 
No pressure. You don't have to if you don't want to. So cool. Follow uh, Alex Stiff online. Uh, what are your uh, Instagram plugs? Oh, God, are we artwork? doing it this hardcore? <laughs> Why the hell not nah, at this just point? just subscribe to the fucking show. You'll find us there. Subscribe <laughs> to the show. <laughs> I was trying to direct traffic towards your uh, graphic design. Oh, I'm not yet. Yeah, I, I trust me. We'll get there when the, when the time comes. Trust Fair me. Enough. I'll get there on that. <laughs> just, y'all folks, subscribe to the show and support us on the show. That's where it comes right now. And Tiki, yes, thank sir. you for last minute coming in. Oh, within no, yes, problem. Hour, no problem. Within an hour since you message and was like want to do an episode you're like i'm watching spacex but i'll be there in a minute <laughs> <laughs> yes. i'm like my man so thank you again for coming on in and oh Cap, you're welcome do you have a fucking outro for us i guess i'm gonna be like the space force and go to outer space too bro <laughs> <laughs>
guess I'm going to be like the Space Force and go to outer space too, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I have nothing. (laughs) God damn it. Thank you for listening. Please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash somethinggoodnetwork.